Um, so hello everyone. I am Madhumita Mantri. I'm a product lead at Stratry.ai. Stratry.ai is an early stage startup in Bay Area. This is into real time anomaly, uh, real time analytics and anomaly detection. And I'm a product manager for anomaly detection software. Um, few of the logistics I want to quickly share with all of you. I am recording this session and uh, there will be um, a newsletter. You should watch out for that. Um, I will be publishing the Q&A insights in there. Um, so before I open up the floor for Blair, she's so awesome. Uh, I just wanted to tell some history with her. Um, I have taken coaching from her in 2020 and uh, been found her awesome. And she's one of the reason why I could trans uh, transform to product management and grow in the career path and today i'm really interested to learn about the career management tips going from good to great product manager um, so i have a set of questions i will be going through that uh, however i want the session to be very interactive so if you have any questions you can raise your hand and uh, i will invite you to the stage and we can go from there so with that, uh, no further ado, uh, hello Blair, welcome to the session and thanks a lot for your time today. Uh, can you please introduce yourself and talk about this, um, your career journey, some tips that helped with your career success and what do you do when you are not working? Mm, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much, Madamita, for having me. As we've talked uh, several times, you've been a guest on my podcast. We talked the other day. This is always super sweet to reconnect with you. We knew that days like this would come for you to be not just in product, but thriving. So this is um, really an honor for me to even be on your platform. So thank you for, for having me. Um, but hello to the gang. I see you all here. Hi, Carlos. Hi, Inez. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Wendy. Um, my name is Blair. I am a product management coach. So uh, backing up to Mahumita's question, how did I transition into product? That's what I'll tackle first. And then I'll transition into like, what am I doing now when I'm not doing product? Um, so taking a step back in time, I pivoted into product way back in 2011. Um, I actually kind of landed in product after a layoff, believe it or not. I was working in business to business sales and laid off on a Friday morning and then had my first product management interview that afternoon. I was kind of looking on the side and it just so happened that I was laid off on the same day that I had my first product management interview. Lo and behold, I started with that role 30 days later. So I became an associate product manager in 2011, working in the healthcare space. Um, but since then, have bounced around uh, a ton of different industries, including like concrete and building materials to animal health to luxury kitchen faucets. I started teaching product management in 2017 and loved it. I kind of felt like my, uh, my, was, my head was just knee deep in PRDs and roadmaps and backlogs, and I hadn't kind of pulled my head up to look at the rest of the industry at that point and realize through teaching that the world of product had really changed. Like it wasn't so nuts to pivot into product when I did back in 2011. And then suddenly in 2017, it was just bananas. People were having a difficult time. 
just given how competitive it it was and quite frankly still still is and i think that was the beginning of me saying i actually want to pursue this space how can i create a space where coaching or, or pivoting into product rather wasn't so difficult for people and leverage some of my hard-earned skills um, and lessons to to help people make the switch I decided in 2019 to pivot full-time into full-time coaching, and that's where I've been ever since. So I spend most of my days here, exactly where I am in my office, um, on Zoom, on calls, messaging with clients to help them leverage their transferable skills. Typically people with like project management, customer success, consulting, um, growth marketing backgrounds, There's the list goes on. Um, but people with transferable skills to pivot into product management. Um, The goal is to do so within 90 days. Um, When I'm not coaching, I am trying to remember what I like to do (laughs) before life got so busy. So I'm pursuing a number of like hobbies, including, I'm such a nerd, crocheting and I like puzzling. And when I don't have the time, or wine, I'm going to consider that a hobby. Um, But when I'm not doing those things, I am writing my dissertation. So I'm a doctoral student at the moment, um, researching, surprise, surprise, product management, specifically curious about um, the time that it takes for men and women to transition from product management into senior product management roles. So um, that's in about seven hours, what I will be doing. It's knee deep in scholarly articles. So that was a mouthful, um, but the long and short of it is I've been in product for a while. I really, really love the career and I spend most of my time helping people to to get into product and then just honestly be dope in product once, once they're there. Awesome. Uh, thanks for sharing your journey, Blair. It's uh, such an inspiration uh, to hear you. Um, I know that how invested you are when you are coaching, and I can't forget those days uh, when I had a great time with you. And I don't know how the time just flew. And uh, I've talked to many coaches, but you're probably one of my favorite. Thank you. I appreciate that, Atan. The time did fly. It's been three years. Yes. You are a technical program manager at the time, and look at you as a product lead. So it's, it's pretty cool to see. Yes. Um, thanks for all your coaching. So mm-hmm. my next uh, question to you, uh, since a lot of people are hearing, and uh, today's topic is all about good to great uh, PM and what are the tips. So I'll start with uh, what are some of the core competencies that every PM should have, in your opinion? Good question. You know, when I when I think about this, this is actually a little bit different than what others may say, right? So what I'm not going to suggest is a particular framework. What I'm not going to suggest is like coding or a mastery of, I don't know, of a software solution. Like those aren't the things that are going to make you really great in product management, um, uh, I would say sustainably. What I look for is curiosity. If you're the type of person who it's just kind of accepts a thing just as it is, um, not really curious as to why something functions in a way, um, this may not be your, your jam, quite frankly. So uh, ways that you can demonstrate curiosity throughout your 
even as early as your interview process, but certainly in the role is necessary. So starting from the interview process, that's a space while you're in the interview, asking them questions, turning it into a bi-directional conversation, expressing your curiosity, as opposed to telling them that you're a curious person. There's a huge difference, right? Once you're in the job, being curious about why things occur, why users um, click this button a ton of times, why, why do certain things happen the way that they do, is one of the things that are really important as you grow, whether you are like day one in the role or at this point, you know, year 12 in the role, um, curiosity is something that's really important. Something else that comes uh, as relevant to me is, is this ability to envision a world that has not yet been created. And I know that sounds maybe a little lofty, but if your role is to make things, to create solutions, that have value for both the business and the user, essentially to make things better, you have to be able to imagine a space that is not yet true. Imagine what that could be, and then rally a team, influence them to, to follow your path, if you will, or collaborate to create said path to get there. So again, that's not like one of those hard skills. It's like, go take a class on that. Like you're not going to take a class to be strong and becoming a visionary, if you will. Um, but that's a space that you, you want to be able to demo that you've done before um, and that you are able to do. Similar to that, I guess my third would be soft skills just in general, right? Like how are you di uh, diplomatic? How do you do quite a bit of listening from not just your users, but to your internal teammates so that you understand what their goals are, what their objections are, and how you can create solutions that include them so that you're not isolating your team as you grow. So those are the things that are, are most relevant to me, curiosity, vision, and then just a continuous development of your soft skills. I'm actually going to toss that back to you, Madam. I'm curious, in the last three years, as you have transitioned from your first product role to being a product lead, what are some of the skills that you had to develop as you grew? Great question, Blair. I can't disagree with what you just said, uh, the curiosity and being visionary, like something doesn't exist and how you can work towards that and uh, develop the path to get there and also help your team to get there. Um, I think these are very, very uh, critical uh, for the success of being a PM. And definitely I have uh, worked uh, towards building those skill sets. In addition, um, when I was trans uh, transitioning uh, from my previous role to this role, since I had not done a lot of this and it's just imposter syndrome that uh, kind of stuck uh, in me and I had to overcome that. And that happens naturally for many of us when we join a new job as well. And I was, it was a huge undertaking for me, especially because I was a mid-career professional and uh, spent a lot of time in engineering. Um, so then become TPM and then going to PM. Uh, so it was a huge undertaking for me and imposter syndrome was one of the things that I had to be okay with it and, uh, and see how I can overcome that. And that's one thing I worked on. In, uh, and then uh, besides that, one other thing, obviously soft skills is definite, definitely one area I'm working even today. 
um and then another big thing that i noticed which i was and and i guess like everybody should look at like where they are in terms of their strengths and weakness mm-hmm. so uh, playing to strengths work um, the best but sometimes like as you said the core competencies are also important and if you identify a gap like that's not your strength obviously um, nobody expect you to be like expert in that but because it is the core competency you may want to close that and one thing that i felt myself uh, was the critical thinking um and i'm still working on that but i learned about a great framework recently which was six thinking hat and how i can use and apply and that is very instrumental to me so in theory these were in summary sorry and these were the main things that i had worked on and besides i think there are a lot more um i have captured in one of my newsletter i can share as part of the insights when i share and people can take a look at it um, like how to be successful in 90 days as a senior pm if you are joining a new company that's perfect you know it's it's funny that you mentioned that i was just talking to a client yesterday she recently started maybe 4 months ago in a new product role and i was introducing the six thinking hats concept to her as well um i was sharing with her that well first i pulled the book the literal book from my bookshelf but also saying that you don't even really need to read the book I hate to say that like go support the author but also at the same time Wikipedia has literally everything you need to know on that book but it's essentially this mindset of how do we shift between different thought processes or different mindsets at a time so I'm a huge fan of that and I'm really proud of you and glad that you use it as well so the specific circumstance that she was using it in and I'll share for the group in case you it's it's relevant for you today and backing up to give a little context she's in an environment where she has to launch an mvp pretty soon um the team can think about a lot of ways that it could not work but she has to still rally that team and focus them on what is possible so when i've been in that situation i've put on like for example my white hat and it's been really really negative for a moment and i encourage people to do it like hey all right i get it there's some there's an issue here we're not really confident in it let's all dish for a moment as to why this is going to suck. Let's all be negative for 2 seconds. It is okay. Give space to that. Let's exhaust that and then take that hat off and move on to something else. Now we're going to put on a different color hat and be really really positive. What are the possibilities here? So it's just a tool. The book is really good about providing a tool that enables us to facilitate conversations in a more productive way. So those aren't things that I think people need to do or like or focus on super super early but those are like tools of the trade that you will pick up over time um to your point to go from i would say good to great in in your stakeholder development skills awesome thanks for sharing that and while you were talking one other thing that really stood out and you you said that i'm just trying to summarize and that was also one of the thing that i had faced when i transitioned is adaptability wherever you go whichever team you join like great example right she was trying to launch an mvp the team was very like going in negative how to bring them and make them more pos- positive that's a cultural shift it's not easy um but i think the adaptability uh, is very important how to adapt to the situation and still be the driver be the force uh, and work towards problem solving and i'm sure there are different ways to tackle that cool. yeah um sure I think um 
um, I'm going to ask one last question since we are running out of time. Um, I would ask the audience also, if you have questions, please raise your hand. Um, think through the question, raise your hand. Meanwhile, I'll quickly ask her a quick follow-up question on this. So uh, my follow-up question to you, Blair, on this is um, great that you talked about core competencies and I assume these are um, like primary um, competencies or um, skills that we need even from going from good to great uh, and assume that it is also applicable to any domain or B2B, B2C or tech product or non-tech product or companies of different scales. Do you have anything else to add there or else my uh, follow-up question was blind spots to watch for? Mm, okay, I'll try to address both of those pretty quickly so we can leave space for follow-up questions. And I have a follow-up question for you about how to pivot into product um, from an AI perspective. Like for those, I know there are a couple on the line who are curious specifically about AI. Sure. So I want to know your thoughts on, on that right now. Okay, so tech to non-tech, on a coaching call, you know me, on a coaching call, I can tell a, a longer story, so I'm going to try my best to make this short and say um, my, my philosophy is that, and it worked for me in my career, and it is working for my clients as well, is that I don't want you to get too locked into the widget but get locked into being a great product manager, right? So whether it's tech or non-tech, um, make sure that you are you possess the skills to take an idea from literally idea ideation to launch, to post-launch, and to sunset if necessary, so that you, you're not pigeon-held too much into a particular space. And the example that I'll give is on my last my last uh, round of interviews when I was in the corporate side, I was interviewing for a product manager role that ended up becoming a product director role. And I remember that they, they wanted me, quite frankly, but they were still trying to kind of poke, not poke holes, but really kind of test me in the interview process. And their question was, well, Blair, you don't, I don't know that you have the technical knowledge for this product. How can we be comfortable that you will be, you know, technically strong for this product. And I and I was a little cute with them, admittedly, and said, like, well, if you are looking for an engineer, you got me. I am not an engineer. I'm not. Confession, let's get that on the table. What I am is a product manager. And for me, that doesn't require knowledge or deep, deep knowledge of the product because we can learn the product. No one was born knowing the product straight away, right? But what I am able to do is to take an idea from launch to development and rally a team to get it from development to launch and then iterate upon it from, you know, basically remind them of what the job description said and know that that is agnostic of the, the widget, if you will. So um, I would say a lot of this does carry through. In terms of blind spots, one, is this a niche blind spot that I could go on and on about, but I won't because I want to save the time. And that is what you, once you learn your soft skills or really refine your, um, your ability to work with others and influence others, I would say be really mindful of the power that you, that you have in that. Because if you're not careful, that power of influence can become manipulation. And I've seen it happen, unfortunately, more times than I'd, I'd like to admit in my career, 
whereby others have been like really good at influencing, but they do it in a manipulating way that no longer serves the user or their business and becomes kind of self-serving. So you will find at some point that you have developed a really strong skill set um, that if your core isn't right, can be to the detriment of others. So just just a note to be mindful, like developing that skill is very much important. How you use that power is even more so. Last thought on that. For me, product management became so much easier once I channeled those powers for good, right? Like not just a space of, let me talk to operations or talk to sales. Product management for me became easier and a lot more fun, quite frankly, once it was, let me talk to Brenda in, in project management or Laquita in customer success or Caitlin, you know, in accounting, right? Like that's when product management for me became easier, right? So just those blind spots relative to how you use those skills absolutely matter. If I can flip this to you to go back to my last question, which is, do you mind sharing with us and sharing with me your thoughts on pivoting into product specifically in the AI field now? How does one do that? What is important for those who are considering that particular space? Great question, Blair. I think I I can take a lot of time to talk about that, but I'll just respect uh, everyone's time. And while I answer that question again, a request to audience, if you have any question, please raise your hand so that I know I can unmute and invite you to the stage and you can ask your question to Blair or me. So Blair, going back to your question, um, what somebody needs to do in order to transition to AI. So surprisingly i did not know this long time back like there could be non-tech roles in ai there are different things one could do to start um and uh, one thing core is as you said like core competencies is must for a pm so start with a general pm path in an ai space take some bootcamp course and understand what is AI is about, what is the AI life cycle. And as you were talking about Blair earlier, like dip, I mean, taking the product from zero to one, right? And uh, launching it. So how an AI product uh, you can take from zero to one and launch it. You don't need to be a machine learning engine, engineering expert, or you don't need to be a research or a data scientist. You can do that just taking a few bootcamp courses or even Udemy has it. Um, and uh, they have a nice project to work on. So it gives you some hands-on experience. Core uh, of it, what I've seen always, like they expect PM to talk the same language and then um, uh, do um, their job in terms of uh, truly shipping the product. Now, one step further, uh, once you be in the space and if really the technical side of the things that interests you, then uh, you can definitely uh, further um, take a data science uh, course. Like um, there are a lot of good universities out there. And in that case, like, you are defining the product features also. And these days I've seen like a lot of companies like engineers or data scientists do that. So you don't have to do that. But in case you're joining an early stage startup or mid, uh, mid-sized startup where there are not a lot of people, as a PM, you are expected to even define those features 
then that skill set will be use, useful then third thing i would say like if you are aiming for fang companies then they expect you to um be knowing little more um and they mostly not how to write code or how to write an algorithm but knowing the high level architecture of the full stack how the machine learning platform works the other thing they expect is how um you can convert or or at least fill the bridge the gap between what business needs and translate them to uh, the machine learning requirement so that's how i could think about the journey path and uh, you can start with simple like bootcamp course and then uh, work towards a career path where you want to land in a fang fang company and be the true uh, product owner for the ml product super super helpful and i asked that because there's someone on the call who i know in particular has a background in consulting mm-hmm. um with a lot of experience with ai and ml products so i think beyond the bootcamp phase um but definitely like looking to make the transition in so i appreciate the context there thanks and there is lot more i can talk about uh, but just interest of time if you have questions any of them have questions they can dm me on linkedin um i don't see any hands raised any other question uh, from audience you have you can raise your hand and i can unmute and invite you to the stage and uh, you can ask your question while that's happening i have a question for you madam mm-hmm. um and it's mostly because i'm looking at the audience and i see some familiar faces I I want you to think back to two and a half almost 3 years ago when you were in the throes of deciding you know which offer you were going to take or actually even before that what do you wish you would have known and I know we talked a little bit about this on our podcast but here we are what do you wish you would have known when you were pivoting into product about maybe the skills that were necessary to be good in product or even about like what do you wish you would have known when you were just pursuing a product job what comes to mind for you great question i think first is core competencies uh, which i think i didn't do a great job i definitely did a uh, excel analysis and self reflection what are my strengths and what are the opportunities i need to fill however i was trying to boil the entire ocean uh, as a pm i know there are 25 different skills and i was trying to get all that skills working uh, i made it unnecessarily difficult that going that path and i think focus uh, was uh, something was very important uh, and if i have to go back and redo redo this whole exercise i'll focus on the core competencies and how to and look ma- i mean compare with my strengths and where the gaps are and just prioritize those and fix those gaps other skill sets as i start doing the job i will learn and i think a lot of people are also flexible uh, in terms of accommodating that so that is one thing i would do second um i had not really thought deeply about when i went for job hunting what are the different characteristics is important to me and prioritize that accordingly so for longest period my and you know that right my aspirations were too high where i was directly going to go and appear for a fang 
and then how the fang interviews are so crazy and i had a lot of restriction um on jobs oh i see there's one hand raised so let me quickly finish this so yeah i mean um i don't have to be uh, so um hard or hard on me and i could have thought about like a little easier path to get there so these are some of the things i uh, could have done differently i'll just give carlos an opportunity to talk otherwise i can go on answering your questions okay carlos um, i have invited you to the stage great unmute yourself and ask question okay perfect thank you can you hear me okay yes for sure Okay, awesome. So I just want to actually thank uh, both of you for having this uh, coaching session, uh, or a, a bit of a mini <laughs> coaching session. Um, I'm actually new to product managing, um, or PM. And so I just have more of a general question and more towards Blair, although I do appreciate um, Madumita's uh, insights, and especially the question that she was just answering from Blair, which is very helpful towards me. Um, I want to keep it nice and short in case anyone has any other questions. But um, Blair, when it comes to coaching for someone that's just interested in uh, PM and who's doing a little bit of research here and there to give you some context, like I just I just read the PM book um, and I found it very interesting. And I want to know when would be a good time to approach you about coaching? I know that my uh, my girlfriend has actually come to you and she just praises you so much. And I'm sure she can also answer the question, but I just thought I'd just kind of put it out there and say hi as well. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so curious to know who your girlfriend is. Um, but, okay, so I think as with much of product management, the answer is it depends. There are certain folks that I speak to that I may suggest taking a little bit longer. For example, there was someone I was messaging this morning who just in December transitioned into a project coordinator role. I would argue that it was, and I did, I shared with him that I thought it was a little too soon um, for coaching to make sense. Um, I need, or we need uh, some experience that we can comfortably and confidently use to transfer into product. Um, so that's something that I typically handle or recommend on a case-by-case -case basis. I don't know that there's like a broad stroke of, you must have three years of experience or like none of that really applies. So it's something that I, I tackle on a case-by-case -case basis. What I'm looking for generally is someone who has skills that are um, very similar to or akin to what a product manager has done, like the best case. Like Matamita was perfect, right? I could say, given Matamita's experience as a technical program manager, Matamita was a product manager without the title, period. And it made it led to multiple offers for her, right? So the more that I can say that, you know, these are this is someone who has the skills, they demo the skills, and they function as a PM, likely without the title, that's the skill that I'm, I'm looking for. Um, to Matumita's last point, you don't need everything. Some clients think that they need all of the skills to even consider the, the transition, and it's, it's certainly not the case. On the other side of that, that spectrum, you don't need, um, we, I, I, I need something, I need like a base um, to start with. So that's something I'm happy to set up a call and talk to you individually to see like where you are in that process and what I'd recommend for you. But message me anyway, because I definitely want to know, like who's a girlfriend? I want to know. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for the time and your You're answer. Welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Blair. And uh, 
Thank you, Carlos, for asking a great question. I'll just see if any more question from the audience. One last call request will be ending soon. Okay, looks like we have a audience full of uh, people who wants to listen more than ask questions. Um, so I think Blair, I know you are getting late. Uh, we are over time. So I just wanted to wrap this up. Any final thoughts before we close, close this session in terms of career tips or framework just to summarize so that uh, the audience can take that with them? Yes, but then no. So like, I'm kind of, you know me, I'm going to go rogue. I don't know that this is like career tips, mm -hmm. but I guess I want to say again, anytime I have the opportunity, I want to say kudos to you. I am very, very proud of you, Marumita. Very proud. We talked about times in which you would do this, where you would get into product and you'd rock it. So I feel very fortunate to be present today, but just to watch you learn and grow in the space. And it feels, I'm hoping for others, that it, it, it feels like it's possible for them to. You know what I mean? Like, this is someone who like many others, was trying to pivot in not that long ago and not only in, but thriving in it. So um, I just want to celebrate you in this moment. So if I could just quickly kind of address skills, really just a recap of just take an audit of the skills that you already have today and recognize that you don't need all of them. You do need some perseverance. You do need some, some curiosity and some consistency, um, but you do not need all of the skills. I'm going to go down a deep end for just a moment. Bear with me. I'm going to take a little more time. I was recording an, a podcast episode the other day. It'll air, this particular episode will air in mid-March. And this was someone who uh, is a VP of product. So slightly different than some of my other podcast guests who are early career, but we were able to kind of dig into the nitty gritty about what they're looking for in people who are transitioning into product and what skills are necessary and echoed many of the same things that I believe and share today relative to curiosity. But one of the things that she mentioned what that I thought was really interesting and I wrote it down was resilience. And my thought, and I don't think I got a chance to even reply with this on the call, so here I am today. My thought was how apropos is that, that a VP of product is saying that a PM needs to be resilient and fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of that resilience is built aside from like just through life, but also in the interviewing process. Those who have been trying to pivot into product know with coaching or, you know, or definitely by yourself, you are going to have to grow your resilience. Like that grit will grow. But I guess my thought the other day through this conversation was that grit is for... Mm, I don't want to say for good reason, because it, I don't want to give too much validity for how hard it is to pivot into product, but just know that that's a skill that you will also likely use in product as well. So I'll tie a bow on that. Um, I would love to continue the conversation with those of you who I have not met. My DMs are open, so always um, send a hello, send a question. I'm there. Um, if you haven't already, listen to the Product Manage Her podcast. Uh, it's available on at least Spotify and Apple Music, and I think one more, maybe Amazon. Um, but yeah, I'd love to stay in touch with you all. Okay, so thanks for the time, Madamita. Again, thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you, Blair. And thanks for uh, very thoughtful words and all the great tips. Um, I think the time is really valuable for many of us and for you as well and taking the time out and sharing your journey. One last thing I wanted to share what I would have done differently. I wish I would have known you much, much more earlier. And I was trying to solve everything myself. And I think hiring a coach is very, very important. And even during pivot or after that also as I grow in in my career, um, I think that's one thing uh, I would change if I would go back. So That's really sweet. That's really sweet. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, Madhu, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Blair. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Bye.